Hello and welcome to the Farm Story Podcast. This is called Episode 6. I'm sure I can come up with something better than that and I hope to do so shortly. Episode 6 in the meantime is getting off to a running start with the recipe. This one from Christine Vaughn. And I'm inspired to put the recipe at the beginning because, oh, I'm making it right now. I'm surrounded by the smell of roasting potatoes and butter and cheese. And I also threw in a little garlic for good measure. And it just occurred to me, come on, Helmer, get this one out there so other people can also be roasting their potatoes in little muffin tins with cheese, butter, and garlic. And so here it is. With no further ado, thanks Christine Vaughn. Off we go. I'll see you on the flip side. Okay, Anna. It's Christine here. You have finally convinced me to help you podcast, even though public speaking is my least favorite thing in the world. However, this is not really public speaking, is it? You guys are nowhere near me. In fact, who are you guys? There might not be any guys. But you did just tell me that Buzzsprout advised you that you have had over 200 downloads of your podcast so far, which is amazing. And you're welcome. I didn't swear there. I was about to. So you want a recipe, and I'm assuming it should contain one particular ingredient, namely the potato. And having listened to past episodes, I see you've already taken off the list the boiled potato recipe. That's a shame, because that's a real good one. And your sister grabbed the other low-hanging fruit of adding two mechanical processes to essentially the same recipe and shredding and frying that exact same potato. So I am forced to come up with one that is a little bit more complicated. And I've done it. I haven't actually done it. I've read it. And it is from the Whitewater Cooks recipe book as are all of the recipes that I ever use. I have none of my own. This one adds only one additional ingredient, so I think you guys can still handle it. So this one is called Little Muffin Tin Potatoes or something like that. It is potatoes, as many as you want to eat, or as many as you have little cups in your muffin tin. You slice them into discs very thinly and then you toss them with a couple tablespoons of melted butter and the additional ingredient parmesan yes cheese a couple tablespoons of parmesan and you can put in any uh, other seasonings that you want that is up to you however complicated you want to make it and once you've done that you just stack the potatoes up in these muffin cups Put them in a 350 degree oven for about an hour. Take them out and put a little bit more Parmesan on top. Put it back in for another five minutes, say, just to brown the top. And that's that. Little muffin to enjoying it. Uh, Talk to you soon. And there you have it. And it tastes good too, doesn't it? I know I snarfled a couple of muffin tins down. Now Christine, uh, so you know, is one of the main 
uh, workers on our farm. She knows how to do everything and has made a lot of things possible on the farm. We have workers like that on the farm and we have workers like that in the city as well. So uh, we're very, very grateful. And it makes farming fun when you have people like that around. I'll tell you that for free. So this podcast, now that we're all um, breathing in the scent of butter and garlic and potatoes, I was going to maybe talk about seed potatoes. I couldn't really think of anything more difficult to talk about other than biodynamic farming than the whole seed potato program. And uh, or I was going to go on and on about markets, farmers markets. Both of them are top of mind at this time because I'm selling a lot of seed potatoes and going to a lot of farmers markets. So take a pick, take a pick, seed market, seed market, seed market, seed market. Let's talk about market. I was there yesterday, so it's very fresh, whereas it will be tomorrow before I'm involved in seed potatoes again. So that's obviously quite stale. So we'll go with markets. You know, COVID has really shaken the market scene. And I'm talking about someone who's been doing markets in Vancouver, in the big city, for like well over 20 years. And uh, we stopped doing them in the summer because when COVID hit in March, um, obviously it was complete disaster. And so we stopped going to markets. They divided them up into zones. This big, huge winter market was divided into zones. And I was in this big zone and only 50 people could come in at a time. So you had to wait for people to leave before the next people came in. And people were not good at this lining up zone thing. So they'd be chit-chatting, which is the usual thing to do at markets. Lots of visiting, lots of chit-chatting, having a crepe, having a coffee, walking your dog, hanging out with friends, seeing people you haven't seen for ages. Oh, so social. And so it was obviously a bit of a shock whole COVID thing but that didn't stop people from chit-chatting so there I'd be steaming away while people are trying to chit-chat and I'm trying to like could you please move along because until you leave no one else can come in so basically I've made my whatever ten dollars off you and now I have to wait for half an hour while you make your social way through the market till I can get another person in here like oh it was excruciating so that didn't work for me so quit that I always say if it doesn't work you quit it don't push it quit that toot sweet got out and um, didn't go back like we're all signed up for summer markets 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 are 80% of our income that's where the money comes from but not in a COVID year so we didn't go all summer and the markets were I had lots of different reports coming in ranging from atrocious to fabulous and so it was a little bit excruciating for me not going but um, we didn't because well primarily I just didn't want to go through that if there's one thing I don't like about going to a farmer's market it's that there's other people selling potatoes and I have to see people buying other people's potatoes and this is hard to take especially hard to take because I probably sold them the seed potatoes that they used to then grow the potatoes that's now my competition. And of course, because they're my seed potatoes, they're beautiful potatoes that they've grown. So they're pretty stiff competition that I made myself. 
It's complicated, but no less excruciating for that. And I had to do a lot of that at these COVID winter markets because people were just like buying whatever they could get their hands on, basically. Back to that. I obviously have issues with it, but I really am getting over it. I know I am. Because when we came back for winter markets, because we were signed up for the November 1st start of winter markets, and I wanted to, in my heart, I knew these would be terrible and I wanted to quit them too, but I knew that I had to go through the motions. I at least had to turn up, see what it was all about, try to sell, and then I could, you know, with terrible sales as proof, say, look, we can't go to markets anymore. We're done with markets. So November came along and I dragged myself down there in my truck and trailer. And I didn't quite understand. I had a new location after, I don't know how long, 15 years in the same location they moved us. And we were in these zones, we're back. And I was like, oh no, like this, what are we doing? This is gonna be atrocious. And for some reason, my stall that they had assigned me didn't quite match when I actually got there, what the actual stall was. Cause when I got there, they're like, oh, here's your stall. And I got to park the truck and trailer right beside my stall which is really nice for the, whatever it was, 10 or 15 years prior to that, we were parked sort of on the other side of this grassy patch and we had to ship things back and forth, like roll the potatoes back and forth and carry everything back and forth from the truck and trailer to where our tents were. And that lawn was getting worked over, like it's a lot of traffic bringing a thousand pounds back and forth on a hand truck. And I don't know how many trips, like, we're there for six hours and we're pretty much going back and forth to the truck and trailer the whole time to get things or put things back or whatever. So a lot of trips, we were definitely hard on that grass and it was too long to like lay out a mat or, you know, have planking down or anything like that. It was really muddy and we'd have to do a major dog poo um, survey before walking on it. And, and when it's raining, it was just awful. <laughs> so wasn't that pleasant but it was our spot and I hate change I really resist it so I did not want to change so there I was trundling down to market with a change of location oh painful but there's my new spot I get to park my truck and trailer right there so that was a little ray of light and then put up my tents and the sun came out further ray of light and then the market opened and a whole bunch of people came that I'd never seen before. In 25 years of doing markets, I'd never seen these people before and they were serious market shoppers. They were not there to socialize. They had no coffee cups. They were not trying to balance um, friends, dogs, cell phone and acquaintances just bumped into. They were there to shop and they bought a lot of potatoes. So we've had these crackerjack winter markets, winter COVID markets, with all these new customers in Vancouver that I guess they just decided that shopping outside was preferable to shopping inside. And they liked what they were getting, so they kept coming back. And having seen some of the sad potatoes that are in the grocery stores these days, I can sort of see why. Like, ugh, anyway. People, green potatoes should not be bought. They should not be on display and they certainly should not be bought. Do not buy green potatoes, please. 
that was an aside. So, um, yeah, markets have been amazing and sort of fun to do as a vendor. That's been the other change. And I think I haven't quite fleshed out this theory yet, but I think there's something to it. Like previously, markets were kind of crazy for me. And I think I'm speaking for quite a few vendors like at the, you know, on a Saturday on any given market, I think the latest count is like 6,000 people or something. This is obviously pre-COVID. So 6,000 people come to that market and mill around and shop at the various stalls. 6,000 in four hours. That's kind of intense. And if we work like super hard with all our merchandising and make sure everything looks amazing and bountiful and the signs are straight and bagging's all done and we just have a, the most alluring display in the world, then we can, you know, get like 10% of those people and that's very successful. But it's so much work and you've got a full tent trying to fill up bins of potatoes and answer tons of questions and then a chef turns up at the back and then your friends come by. I notice over the years that fewer and fewer friends have come by. And it's just a in really intense day of activity. And it's one of those things where like I'm working super hard, like all out, full on work. And then all these other people are not working. They're in full social, having a lovely Saturday, wandering about the market. And I've always been in the service industry. I've always, um, most of my jobs have involved frontline food sales, like right there. And it's not the first time I've been struck by this idea that there's always two types of people going on here. There's the people that work and the people that are not working in any given situation. And I find at markets, it's really glaring. Like we're, fully working our tails off and the other side are fully swanning about having lattes on a sunny Saturday. And I had not really thought about it in the market context before. Usually it's just in my life where, you know, I have a stylist and a makeup artist and a hair person and no, I'm just kidding about all that. But, um, if this podcast did get really big, I would have to get a stylist. I really, I really would have to do that. Maybe not so much the makeup and hair, but I, I would definitely need a stylist. Really important to dress the part. Um, oh, lost my place. How did that happen? No, just kidding. I know exactly where I am. And I'm talking about enjoying these new markets where now the customers seem to have to do a lot more work and I don't have to do as much work. <laughs> I don't know if I should be admitting this on a public podcast. So yeah, maybe don't tell. Um, but it seems to me that there's a balance, a greater balance has been struck here. And so the customers now have to do some lining up and they're sort of prevented from a lot of the pleasurable aspects of market from enjoying those pleasurable aspects. They can still, you can still get a coffee and you can still get food, but there's nowhere to sit around and eat it. And you're not really supposed to sit around like prepared foods. You're not supposed to sit there and eat it. There's no milling around. Like if there's people talking in a group, the one of the market people comes along and, and breaks it up. It's very um, strict. 
because they want to stay open so they're making sure that all the rules are being followed and they have people counting how many people are going in and how many people are going out and none of the vendors are guilty of engaging in long conversations longer than necessary they all have to go in the same direction all the customers so there's no toing and froing and you kind of have to commit to um you know getting what you're getting at the beginning of the at the beginning of the zone which is good and bad like that i think is why i'm forced to see other people's potatoes being bought sometimes because they hit another farm first and by the way that's not an ongoing issue it's just sometimes i notice it more than other times and I really shouldn't have admitted to that either. So maybe we'll just strike it from the record if you could just pretend that I did not say anything about that. Nothing about that was said at all. You don't even know what I'm talking about. So anyway, markets have become quite pleasurable and we're nearing the end of our season now and I've almost sold out this crop, which is interestingly only, I don't know if I'm, I might be right on track with last year, like, or, you know, a regular COVID year. A regular non-COVID year. It hasn't, it, at the end of the day, it didn't affect us as much as I thought it would for sure by not going to the summer markets. Um, we recovered with by having these amazing winter markets and then we've done a lot more selling closer to home. And the restaurants that are doing takeout and the restaurants also have been noticing that some things are a little bit easier, like it's more relaxing in the kitchen when you're only at half capacity it's not so frantic and chaotic in the restaurant kitchens that I've been talking to. And so some restaurateurs, although they, they know they can't stay at half capacity, so it's really just a break, but they've been enjoying the break, some of them. And these are sort of private restaurateurs that, you know, they're running their own business, so it, it really matters. Um, but maybe they, maybe they needed a break. I sure needed a break from markets. Boy, did I need a break from markets. I really needed a break from markets. It was not enjoyable anymore. And it is so fun to um, be there now. And I'm actually, am I going so far as to say I'll miss it when they're over? Yeah, I'm almost ready to say that. Ready to think about the possibility of maybe admitting that I might almost miss it when it's gone, when I'm done. So, so that's my market. I did, I did say I would go on and on, didn't I? And I did. I want to thank Christine again for that awesome recipe and for recording it and sending it to me. And I'd like to invite anyone else. Um, I do have another one in the wings right now. Dan and Lisa have contributed a pierogi recipe, which you're not going to want to miss. I may put that one at the beginning too, because that would be cool. You could be like working on the recipe while you're listening to the podcast. Huh. And I think Dan and Lisa's has gone next level with multi-level cooking. Like this is more than just boiling or roasting people. We've, we're about to um, take a bunch of steps here. So look sharp next podcast. Okay, thanks again for listening and a reminder to not buy green potatoes. If you don't buy them, then the, the um, stores won't try to sell them to you. Um, but somebody's buying them because some stores are selling them. So uh, do stop it. And happy spring!
Okay, bye for now.